Blog Talk Radio. The potential for greatness lives with each of us. I dare. Thanks for joining us at I Dare Outdoors on Blog Talk Radio. Heard worldwide to over one million listeners with your lovely host, Nikki Dare. Nikki Dare, author of the Audacity of Veracity I Dare series at www.nikkidarebooks.com. Columnist of Women in the Field on California's Outdoors Fishing and Hunting since 1953, Western Outdoor News. I Dare was born of personal hardship, triumph, and the desire to succeed. I Dare, the acronym for Integrity, Diversity, Adaptation, Resilience, and Empowerment and is the hallmark of Nikki Dare's life. Derived from learning to evolve through difficulties, without obstacles, we never would know the true meaning of success or feel the exaltation of triumphing over adversity. Nikki's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose and live your life best by unearthing your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. It's our personal empowerment and unlocking your personal potential. But most of all, it's about living a lifestyle in adventures in the outdoors, a way of life. And now, here's your lovely host, Nikki Dare. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back on air again. How I miss you all. Welcome back, and good to be back again. I am Nikki Dare, your host of I Dare Radio. I know many of you have been looking for my shows, and more so anticipating when will be my next shows. Um, Well, the first quarter of the year, as you already know, I've been MIA and I've been trying to cut down some things and I plan to regroup and focus directions ahead. One of the things were to downsize some activities. Sometimes we all need this, you know. Nevertheless, I am glad to be back. So, uh, this morning, we are discussing back again to what I'm passionate on, which is a topic of natural disaster emergency preparedness, uh, talking about how prepared are you. This is a new episode, so um, I know there are a lot of um, quite many other broadcasts covering this topic before, but um, I'm going to try to do some new things, and it will be broken down into many other sub um, subtopics. Many new things have blossomed nicely and many more to come ahead um, after the first quarter of the year. I mean, you know, hey, you know, I'm back. So <laughs> talking about blossom, few of you asked me if I were still accepting or um, considering any advertising opportunities. Do I have advertising opportunities? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, if any of you are interested in advertising your business, service, or products, you may request and obtain an advertising kit from us. Simply just call us at 888-879-6718. Again, that number, 888-879-6718. And we will send you all of the details. The advertising opportunities are for the radio broadcasts. So, or just email us at radio at idealworld.com. Talking about email, check out my new website. I don't know if any of you have um, um, already did so. But, yeah, we're in the process of finalizing the NikkiDare.com. Actually, I've had this website for the last three years, but never really had it up and running. 
So I hope to get this live very soon. I'm, it's, it's on and off right now, but I am holding it back um, to get the momentum you know, going for right now. But yeah, check back with NikkiDare.com. Book, The Audacity of Veracity has traveled its journey for about, what now? A little bit, uh, a couple of weeks after one year. Can you believe that? It has been a great wild ride of first year with my, group, uh, with my book. Very grateful I am. And yeah, my, how time flies when you are having fun, yeah? So I'm on to the next books. Two books are in the pipeline at this time. Um, unfortunately, I cannot share any more information regarding this book, but only just to say, buckle up and sit back. And I promise I will let you know as soon as I'm ready for the announcement, all right? So follow me in the meantime, like me, stalk me, annoy me in a good way, I have to say that, that is, on these social media platforms that I have that I'm on. I cannot believe this. I am on those social media platforms. And to add a couple more, by the way, since you all have disappeared on me. All right. Um, Twitter, the Nikki Dare. Facebook, Nikki Dare. LinkedIn, yes, I am there too, Nikki Dare. Then interest, Nikki Dare. I've added that one this year. Can you believe that? I, I, I cannot believe that. I, I just don't know how. Thank God for all of this um, LinkedIn or um, they all LinkedIn into one. You know, when you push the button enter, they all kind of like populate into all of the, the other social platforms. And Anyway, Instagram. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, I have been on this magnet platform called Instagram. I cannot believe it. Um, it started like, I think it was like a couple, uh, last year or a couple of years ago. Last year, I think it was. Um, somebody told me, yeah, since you're like posting pictures, why don't you, food pictures, I mean, which is like meaningless, right? But I, it's my addiction, I guess. Um, been taking food pictures five years now, and then people back then thought that I was weird. Now I see everybody's posting pictures. <laughs> Even come to the restaurants, I see people taking pictures in front of me next to my table. <laughs> anyway. Um, jump on that, hop on there, and see if you can follow and join me in any of those gadgets. Instagram, Nikki Dare. Um, I built like I don't know. Now I have like a couple thousand, uh, a couple thousand followers, I think. All right, guys, enough giggling, and let's go back to this topic this morning. Discussion. It is natural disaster, emergency preparedness. How prepared are you? So this topic. As many of you who are my loyal listeners may already know that I'm very extremely passionate when it comes to this discussion, survival, emergency preparedness, and uh, including SA, known as situational awareness. One of my earliest broadcasts when I first stated, uh, started this radio show was on this particular topic, uh, disaster and emergency preparedness, natural disasters, how to pre- you know, prepare ourselves. I want to continue discussing this, obviously, um, and hoping that many of the information can be very um, insightful, useful, and may probably save lives. So I have always asked this question at my past workshops that I uh, held last year and then uh, still ongoing right now. The questions are, so how many of us homeowners, regular civilians, or just uh, how many of you out there are really, truly prepared in the event of natural disasters? including myself, obviously. You know, the, the response is, is quite interesting because um, a lot of the students, a lot of the uh, participants in that, in that workshop will look around the, uh, the room to see whose hands are up. You know, kind of like, uh, really, am I not the only one or am I the only one kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's pretty, 
you know, pretty uh, uh, hard facts there. And reality strikes us, obviously, and not too many of us are very, um, and I will get you to some statistics that's hard facts from the agency themselves that they had found studies and um, they did studies conduct um, survey and everything. As we all know that this is disasters, namely earthquakes, wildfires, um, especially many of us in California are so aware of this. Depending on the regions that you live, we all have some. Um, the extreme heat, you know, summer is coming out right around the corner. And uh, landslides, thunderstorms, volcanic eruptions in some parts of the globe, in the country, um, you know, in the universe. Winters, uh, some are lucky and some are not. Winter storms, tsunamis, tsunamis, flood. Ah, oh, my, just to name the few. <laughs> and I will get to you, I will get to the uh, more details on this. Hazards and their potential impact. Types of um, these natural disasters that namely and can be, uh, I, I stated already some of it, but I want to add some more. Uh, natural <clears throat> type of disasters, I just like the ones that I mentioned, earthquakes, wildfires, floods, extreme heat, hurricanes, landslides. You know, even, even the Malibu also have landslides regularly. Thunderstorms, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, winter storms. You know, like recent tragedy also in Nepal, uh, the earthquakes there. This is very unfortunate, guys. And we all just have to remind ourselves it is real. Technological, such as hazardous material spill, nuclear power plant accident, and we've seen that before, or the recent train accident. Intentional, um, also hazard or disasters. Terrorism, using chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear or explosive weapons and you know, it is, it is unfortunate in this, in this area right here, in this, in this topic of uh, discussion. I'll go back to these crucial questions again. If and when this happens or affects you, what and how will you prepare for the impact? How everyone in the community has a role in such um, this disaster and response? How can you prepare in advance to improve the quality of your survival and to reduce the damage from hazards? Um, you know, discuss a little bit about personal or organizational preparedness, elements of disasters and their impacts on the infrastructures, and that's important. The potential effect of these extreme emergencies and disasters on electrical vehicles, let's say, or I'm sorry, electrical service and vehicles, transportation, phones, phones communication. Do you think it's going to work during these disasters? No, of course not. Cell phone services. The availability of food, water, shelter, and fuel, and emergency services, obviously. You must know all of these details. Um, you start thinking about this and visualize this scenario. It is extremely daunting when you really begin to think about this and kind of like, you know, taking yourself into these scenarios and um, what do you do and how do you do it. So, you know... These type of strategies are real, and I wanted to break down um, um, basically uh, too many subtopics, like I said earlier, and I only want to cover it in every um, like 30 minutes each topics. So let's begin discussing about community preparedness, roles and responsibilities. I know it's kind of like elementary, but I want to just refresh, and then hopefully you all have piece um, piece of paper and a pen just to jot down notes. Uh, by the way, I do free workshops on this. Um, survival and uh, emergency preparedness and things like this um, on a regular basis. And in this, this year, I am going to hold it in some 
dates are not scheduled yet um, in the next uh, three months uh, just because I, I've been slowing down. But yeah, once when it is already up and confirmed, um, I just closed down the last two. So, you know, I began to offer again free free workshops on this. I'm going to post them in my um, in my website, uh, my new website also as well, NikkiDare.com. And if you all follow me on those social media platforms that I mentioned about, and you all find the information as well. All right, so let's begin discussing about committee preparedness, um, the roles and responsibility. Um, I just mentioned a while ago, committee preparedness is a key priority in reducing the impact of disasters. Yes, it is criti- critical that all community members uh, including ourselves, civilians, take steps to prepare in advance of an event. Effective community preparedness uh, will address the uniqueness, the unique attributes of the community, such as, you know, um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, <coughs> the threat and <coughs> the threat hazard profile and vulnerabilities of the area. Uh, you must know your own town, your community, the existing uh, infrastructures the resources and the skills within the community that has to offer, uh, and also the population, the population composition of the community that you live in. It's, this, these are important things. Effective community preparedness also engages the whole community. Uh, who are they? The community leaders themselves and the public, such as yourself. There's um, what we call EOP, which is Emergency Operations Plan. All government agencies with a role in disaster response work to organize and coordinate their agencies some activities before this, you know, because before this emergency or disaster um, occur. The EOP basically describes how the community will function and how will they operate in the event of emergency. Uh, they're the important body in this in this whole thing too. Next, impacts of the infrastructures I want to discuss. Um, I want to mention about this because it is important that we must know some of the things, what's around us that's kind of like uh, vulnerable during and after the, uh, the situation occurred. Homes built before 1940 generally not bolted to the foundation. Think about that, of course. It's it just common sense. Making these houses prone to be shaken, blown, or floated off their foundations. Um, Unfortunately, some of the countries that we've seen, you know, during the tragedy like this, they don't have the the, uh, the um, construction codes and stuff like that. And, you know, more so, I mean, you know, in our country here in the United States, we're blessed to have uh, mandated uh, the construction, the contractors to mandate by the uh, by the building codes and everything. But just I want to mention about this homes built before 1940, and we all see you know, seen and maybe even live in one, um, it's very prone to be shaken and very, very, um, you know, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, fr- uh, vulnerable, I should say. <laughs> that was the right word to eat. Trying to choose. Older homes constructed of uh, non-reinforced brick, brick are less stable than the newer construction. Well, that makes sense, of course. Tornado and hurricane uh, damage to single homes can range from Little damage to total destruction, depending on the areas as well, obviously, and depending on the level of the tornado and hurricane. Hurricane. Also, after an event, typically there is an after damage. I mean, we see this all the time with um, earthquake. You know, there is always like a tremor shocker before and after. Um, the, the, the shock, the after shock. I mean, that's kind of important to know. 
threat of the additional damage as a fire also from erupted, or I'm sorry, from ruptured gas lines. Multiple unit dwellings, look at the utility shutoffs. They are different than um, the ones, <coughs> excuse me, the one that the single family homes have. I'm talking about the multi um, homes and the older homes as well. Mobile homes are also um, important, most susceptible to damage because they are very easily displaced. When displacement occurs, um, structural integrity becomes questionable and those utility connections are easily very damaging, uh, increasing the risk uh, for fire or even, even worse, like electric shock. So look after that one too. Other hazards of structural type. During earthquakes, for example, um, and high wind events such as tornadoes and hurricanes, older high-rise buildings are more susceptible to damage from falling objects, falling glass, broken glass, um, collapsing walkways, collapsing stairways, obviously, because they're in the high-rise. Um, also, hazard from home fixtures. Look at around our own home. Fixtures and items from our own house, like garage or workplace, can pose a hazard during or even after a disaster. Gas line ruptures from water heaters or ranges displaced by shaking, water, or even high wind. Damage from falling books <laughs> or portray, you know. How many of you have like lots of portray on your wall, either during stairways or something like that? Um, damages from falling books, pictures, dishes. Think about that. Dishes in the, in the kitchen. Um, I remember when I, when I used to live in Houston, Texas, we had a lot of tornadoes and a lot of hurricanes. And then during the season, my father and my mom would, would go um, to the nearest like Home Depot type and they would they would get all of these like duct tapes of course duct tapes is important duct tapes and all kinds of like you know, of course water bottles jugs of waters and everything supply for a week forget the 72 hours for a week and we used to have a cat two cats or no wait one cat and one dog i think um well it depends what year anyway and um we um you know we would have supplies for every one of us there are six of us in that house plus the two animals um, and then, you know, we have to have enough enough uh, waters, enough canned foods, enough just emergency supplies. And I remember they would go to, like, place like Home Depot to get duct tapes and tapes, just measurement, just a bunch of it, like endless. And you know what they would do? They would uh, duct tape the, the mirrors because we have a high uh, French doors and high, you know, ceilings, um, not ceilings, uh, windows and everything like this. So my, my father would... would cross, make a cross duct tape, and including, including the pantries and the kitchen. I, w I was wondering, it's like, why, why are you doing that, Dad? And then, you know, of course, you know, earthquake, tornadoes, hurricane, we never know, shaking. Um, yeah, from falling the dishes. Um, even so, we just take the dishes out, out of the way when there is an um, emergency uh, alert from TV, from, from anywhere that we, we hear from. We kind of like prepare ourselves and kind of like bunker down. Uh, usually we bunker down. Uh, for a few hours for overnight or something like that, and you know the rest is history it's just it's one of those things that we all learn you know when we live in those kind of uh regional or geographic locations <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of us have gone through those um experiences would be more um you know more um more wanting to know um uh, how to prepare ourselves for the next one occurs. Risk of injury of electric or electric shock from displaced appliances and office equipment. Fire from faulty wi wiring. Um, overloaded plugs. Frayed electric cords. 
Um, I think we all know what that, that is, some of us. Um, anyway, reducing hazards is an important part of personal preparedness. I want to mention that over and over again. Reducing these hazards is an important part of personal preparedness. The more that we know how to take care of ourselves, to prepare better, prepare ourselves, is to reduce the hazards when it does happen. All right. Regardless of the type of disaster, important things for disaster preparedness include, well, having the skills to evaluate the situation quickly and to take effective action to protect yourself. There is a... I want to pause a bit here. Um, there is a... Um, there is a uh, statement, I don't know it verbatim, but I remember um, a couple of things. Well, one thing that I want to mention here on this, um, this broadcast, what I took away from my CERT training is the instructor mentioned that in order to protect others, you must protect yourself. I mean, as, as simple as that. Uh, when you really think about it, uh, it does make sense and it, it, it has, it provides quite a bit heavy uh, meaning in there. I started thinking of the same concept. When you board a plane, for example, you know, and then you sit there and then the, pl- uh, the plane hasn't taken off yet and they, they go, you know, the flight attendant will show you, demonstrate the safety, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, procedure and what have you not, and you sit there and then you're listening to it. The safety procedure, they demonstrate when during emergency landing, you must take the oxygen mask for you before, even before saving the others. others. Good to know that. I always remember this one. I know it's a simple thing, you guys, but it's something that it has so meaning, so much meaning to it that during the event of emergency, you know, your 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 whatever that you know that you train for, um, it becomes like half, just like in the in the firearms uh, training. You just have half as good when you're in the real life training situation than in your um, best day in training, right, on the range. So think about that and then always remember that in your mind, in the back of your mind, always put that in the back of your mind as a, as a, as a core, um, you know, when it does happen to help others. You help yourself before you help others and, you know, you don't go panic, obviously. And then reducing hazard is an important part of personal preparedness. And I want to say that again. Having a family disaster plan and practicing the plan with drills, simulate the scenarios. You know, I've gone through, um, I've taught some, you know, workshop on this topic. And then when I ask, so how many of you, show me some hands, how many, how many of you have family disaster plan? You know, there's a couple of hands up. And then I, I will ask those people with, with the family disaster plans, like, now how many of you actually um, practice this out, your plan with, simulate you know simulation with your family members and then they look at me funny and i go yeah how many of you yeah i just have a family plan having a family disaster plan i think is great but <laughs> you must practice this out you know where to meet how you 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 um you operate this how you really simulate this that's the crucial part of it so all right enough say that um so you know what i mean um, yeah, they appreciate me saying that because it's like, yeah, I think have, having family disaster plan is good, but not practicing it out, nah, just like having a good car and not driving it, right? Just sit there in the garage. Anyway, assembling the supplies in multiple locations. You know your house well than anyone, so you decide where to place the supplies at your home. Reducing the impact of hazards through mitigation practices. 
That's important. Getting involved by participating in training and volunteer programs. I do that quite often. You know, by volunteering yourself in different various programs in the community will actually help you a lot and open up your mind, um, mitigating and, and, you know, how to prepare yourself and then reducing the impact of the hazards as well. And then you become more creative, I guess, right? Also, do not forget your animals and pets at home. Um, these are, you know, beings also. And then these are important people as well. I mean, these are your best friends. And, you know, how to save them in the event of an emergency situation. Do not forget them. You know, buy the water bottles for them too. Buy, you know, get their blankets, their favorite blankets, their favorite toys. Their just, you know, depending on the, what kind of pets you have, dogs, horse, um, I have a turtle, so she's very low maintenance, but she'll come with me in a box, in a shoebox, and lots of lettuce. Anyway, um, she's very low maintenance, and I got, I've had my tor- turtle, my tortoise, um, almost 19 years now. Bless her heart. She's really, she's really, um, a sweetheart for me. She doesn't complain. She likes one thing, lettuce. All right, back to the topic. Here are some facts that I've gathered from a credible source, FEMA.gov. Community preparedness, some of the facts. Research on preparedness shows that people who believe themselves, quote, unquote, prepared for disasters often are not as prepared as they think, including myself. According to their recent survey, 40% do not have a household plans, and that's bad. You must have household plans. 80% had not conducted the home evacuation drills. That's pretty bad. And nearly 60% did not know their community ev- community's evacuation rules. Many preparedness actions are useful in any type of emergency situation, and some are specific to a particular type of disaster. A critical first step to preparedness is to understand the hazards in your community and to learn about local and then local alerts and warning systems, evacuation routes where they are, and the sheltering plans, the sheltering locations. You know, some some community has it in Boys and Girls Club, or some, um, you know, uh, where is that? Uh, um, YMCA, yeah, and uh, some at the gym, some at schools, libraries. I, you know, you gotta know your community where they have the sheltering, sheltering plants, evacuation routes. The best way to find this information is to your city and community resources. All right, I think that's all, and I've been talking really stringent sometimes because I haven't been on the radio and the broadcast for a while, so I really miss you guys. All right, folks, that's all for me for now. Hope I did not lose any of you being bored and not giggling too much. Hope this information was somehow pertinent and useful. This is a great quote that I want to leave you guys uh, before I take off from from air here. Hang on a minute. I'm going to pull this out. Uh, A great quote that I stated that was written in my past article in Western Outdoor News. I want to mention it again. I think I I mentioned it in my last broadcast on the emergency preparedness as well. Thank you, by the way. Um, Great press release by the Western Outdoor News. Thank you, Pat, and thank you, uh, Bob, over there. And you you guys are both just awesome over there. All right, the quote is that you have to learn how to protect yourself, but it is better to understand how to avoid getting yourself in the situation. This statement came from our workshop on survival and empowerment. 
on situational awareness concept, learning the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude for developing strategy for your personal safety, SA, I'll call it, situational awareness. And, you know, the workshop uh, basically provides basic, simple strategies, tips, and techniques to become more aware of your surroundings, um, whether you're home, workplace, traveling, or just simply on the street. Um, yeah, I've done quite a bit on the situational awareness, uh, giving out information through workshops, free webinars, free workshops, and radio talks and everything like that. Um, check out my website, idealworld.com, and click on Survival and Situational Awareness Workshop to get more details. All right, guys, I think that's about all I have to say and I want to say. I am saving some more insightful tips and great resources for my next show next next time um, on the second part, third part, fourth part. So in the meantime, you can stay updated with me through my, of course, the great social media platform, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know what? Just Google my name. Just Google Nikki Dare. You'll find me somehow, anywhere, somehow. There. That's all. All right. That's all for me. In the meantime, you stay vigilant and watch your sick. I am Nikki Dare signing off. Have a great day. You've been listening to I Dare Outdoors with your host, Nikki Dare, the founder of I Dare. Integrity of Diversity, Adaptation, Resilience, and Empowerment. She's an outdoor enthusiast, women's advocate, activist, CRT Community Emergency Response Team, FEMA, speaker, certified firearms instructor, RSO, and more. You can reach Nikki at radio at idareworld.com by phone 1-866-280-6888. Please visit her website, idareworld.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. Join us next time. Living in purpose and passion, Nikki Dare.